Section twelve of Satan's Diary by Leonid Andreev, translated by Hermann Bernstein. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Section twelve, March ninth, nineteen fourteen, Rome, Villa Orsini. Last night I had an important conversation with Thomas Magnus when maria had retired i began as usual to prepare to return home but magnus detained me why go mr wondergood stay here for the night stay here and listen to the barking of mars for several days dense clouds had been gathering over rome and a heavy rain had been beating down upon its walls and ruins this morning i read in a newspaper a very portentous weather bulletin cielo nuvolo il vento forte e mare molto agitato toward evening the thread turned into a storm and the enraged sea hurled across a range of ninety miles its moist odours upon the walls of rome and the real roman sea the billowy campania sang forth with all the voices of the tempest like the ocean and at moments it seemed that its immovable hills its ancient waves long evaporated by the sun had once more come to life and moved forward upon the city walls mad mars this creator of terror and tempest flew like an arrow across its wide spaces crushed the head of every blade of grass to the ground sighed and panted and hurled heavy gusts of wind into the whining cypress trees occasionally he would seize and hurl the nearest objects he could lay his hands upon the brick roofs of the houses shook beneath his blows and their stone walls roared as if inside the very stones the imprisoned wind was gasping and seeking an escape we listened to the storm all evening maria was calm but magnus was visibly nervous constantly rubbed his white hands and listened intently to the antics of the wind to its murderous whistles its roar and its signs its laughter and its groans the wild-haired artist was cunning enough to be slayer and victim to strangle and to plead for mercy at one and the same time if magnus had the moving ears of an animal they would have remained immovable his thin nose trembled his dim eyes grew dark as if they reflected the shadows of the clouds his thin lips were twisted into a quick and strange smile i too was quite excited it was the first time since i became human i had heard such a storm and it raised in me a white terror almost with the horror of a child i avoided the windows beyond which lay the night why does it not come here i thought 
can the window-pane possibly keep it out if it should wish to break through some one knocked at the iron gates several times the gates at which i and toppy once knocked for admission that is my chauffeur who has come to fetch me said i we must admit him magnus glanced at me from the corner of his eye and remarked sadly there is no road on that side of the house there is nothing but field there that is mad mars who is begging for admittance and as if he had actually heard his words mars broke out into laughter and disappeared whistling but the knocking was soon resumed it seemed as if some one were tearing off the iron gates and several voices shouting and interrupting each other were anxiously speaking an infant was heard weeping those must be people who have lost their way you hear an infant we must open the gates well we'll see said magnus angrily i will go with you magnus sit still wondergood this friend of mine here is quite enough he quickly drew that revolver from the table drawer and with a peculiar expression of love and even gentleness he grasped it in his broad hand and carefully hid it in his pocket he walked out and we could hear the cry that met him at the gate on that evening i somehow avoided maria's eyes and i felt quite ill at ease when we were left alone and suddenly i felt like sinking to the floor and kneeling before her so that her dress might touch my face i felt as if i had hair on my back that sparks would at any moment begin to fly if some one were to touch it and that this would relieve me thus in my mind i moved closer and closer to her when magnus returned and silently put the revolver back into the drawer the voices at the door had ceased and the knocking too who was that asked maria magnus angrily shook off the drops of rain upon his coat crazy mars who else did you expect but i thought i heard you speak to him i jested trying to conceal the shiver produced by the cold brought in by magnus yes i told him it was not polite to drag about with him such suspicious company he excused himself and said he would come no more magnus laughed and added i am convinced that all the murderers of rome and the campagna are to-night threatening to ambush people and hugging their stilettos as if they were their sweethearts again came a muffled and timid knock again cried magnus angrily as if mad mars had really promised to knock no more but the knock was followed by the ring of a bell it was my chauffeur maria retired while i as i have already said 
had been invited by magnus to remain overnight to which i agreed after some hesitation i was not at all taken by magnus and his revolver and still less was i attracted by the silly darkness the kind host himself went out to dismiss the chauffeur through the window i could see the bright lights of the lanterns of the machine and for a moment i yearned to return home to my pleasant sinners who were probably imbibing their wine at that moment in expectation of my return ah i have long since abandoned philanthropy and am now leading the life of a drunkard and a gambler and again as on that first night the quiet little white house this soul of maria looked terrible and suspicious this revolver these stains of blood upon the white hands and maybe there are more stains like these here but it was too late to change my mind the machine had gone and magnus by the light had not a blue but a very black and beautiful beard and his eyes were smiling pleasantly in his broad hand he carried not a weapon but two bottles of wine and from afar he shouted merrily on a night like this there is but one thing to do to drink wine even mars when i spoke to him looked drunk to me the rogue your glass mr wondergood but when the glasses had been filled this merry drunkard hardly touched the wine and sitting deep in his chair asked me to drink and to talk without particular enthusiasm listening to the noise of the wind and thinking about the length of the night before us i told magnus of the new and insistent visits of cardinal x it seemed to me that the cardinal had actually put spies on my trail and what is more strange he has managed to gain quite an influence over the unbribable toppy toppy is still the same devoted friend of mine but he seems to have grown sad goes to confessional every day and is trying to persuade me to accept catholicism magnus listened calmly to my story and with still greater reluctance i told him of the many unsuccessful efforts to open my purse of the endless petitions badly written in which the truth appears to be falsehood because of the boresome monotony of tears bows and naive flattery of crazy inventors of all sorts of people with hasty projects gentlemen who seek to utilize as quickly as possible their temporary absence from jail of all this hungry mass of humanity aroused by the smell of weakly protected billions my secretaries there are six of them now hardly manage to handle all this mess of tears on paper and the madly babbling fools who fill the doors of my palace 
i fear that i will have to build me an underground exit they are watching me even at nights they are aiming at me with picks and shovels as if they were in the klondike the nonsense published by these accursed newspapers about the billions i am ready to give away to every fool displaying a wound in his leg or an empty pocket has driven them out of their senses i believe that some night they will divide me into portions and eat me they are organizing regular pilgrimages to my palace and come with huge bags my ladies who regard me as their property have found for me a little dante inferno where we take daily walks in company with the society that storms my place yesterday we examined an old witch whose entire worth consists in the fact that she has outlived her husband her children and her grandchildren and is now in need of snuff and some angry old man refused to be consoled and even would not take any money until all of us had smelled the old putrid wound in his foot it was indeed a horrible odour this cross old fellow is the pride of my ladies and like all favourites he is capricious and temperamental and are you tired of listening to me magnus i could tell you of a whole flock of ragged fathers hungry children green and rotten like certain kinds of cheese of noble geniuses who despise me like a negro of clever drunkards with merry red noses my ladies are not very keen on drunkards but i love them better than any other kind of goods and how do you feel about it signor magnus magnus was silent i too was tired of talking mad mars alone continued his antics he was now ensconced upon the roof trying to bite a hole in the centre and crushing the tiles as he would a lump of sugar magnus broke the silence the newspapers seem to have little to say about you recently what is the matter i pay the interviewers not to write anything at first i drove them away but they began interviewing my horses and now i pay them for their silence by the line have you a customer for my villa magnus i shall sell it together with the artists and the rest of its paraphernalia we again grew silent and paced up and down the room magnus rose first and then sat down i followed and sat down too in addition i drank two more glasses of wine while magnus drank none his nose is never red suddenly he said with determination do not drink any more wine wondergood oh very well i want no more wine is that all magnus continued to question me at long intervals his voice was sharp and stern while mine was melodious i would say there has been a great change in you wondergood 
quite possible thank you magnus there used to be more life in you now you rarely jest you have become very morose wondergood oh you have even grown thin and your brow is sallow is it true that you get drunk every night in the company of your friends it seems so that you play cards squander your gold and that recently someone had been nearly murdered at your table i fear that is true i recollect that one gentleman actually tried to pierce another gentleman with his fork and how do you know all about that he replied sternly and significantly toppy was here yesterday he wanted to see maria but i myself received him with all due respect to you wondergood i must say that your secretary is unusually stupid i acquiesced coldly you are quite right you should have driven him out End of section twelve.